Drop the Subject. <sighs> yes, this is the new Channel Q. Yes, this is Drop the Subject. And yes, it is Monday. I understand your pain. It's been a few days. You've had some time to yourself. Maybe you got to kick it by a pool or a beach. Maybe you had some hot dogs, some Chicago-style hot dogs, which is what I got to partake in. And uh, I got to see my first fireworks display for the first time in a couple years. I'm Allie Johnson, by the way. I'm here with Jarrett Hill. Did you get a chance to see any fireworks? I feel like the city like explodes with fireworks in every direction. I was in I was in Mid City, <clears throat> and my friends we went out in their backyard, and every different direction we looked, there were fireworks happening. And then I went home, and like there were fireworks sounds going off until like the wee hours of the morning. Oh, because you've said that f- people set off fireworks in your neighborhood in, like all year round. So there was that plus like the entire city of Los Angeles was like exploding all night. There's a video actually of like a helicopter flying over the city and there's just fireworks like every single different place. And I thought it was like people had like a show at the Grove and a show downtown and a show at Dodger Stadium and like all of those things. But it's like, no, people are just like shooting off fireworks on the street. And it's crazy in the city. Yeah, so. yeah. I saw. I was uh, in San Diego, and I saw three different fireworks displays, all from one view, which was great. But then, right next to me, some people started doing all that stuff that we were talking about last week, which is, "Hey, I'm going to get this giant M80 firework, and I'm going <laughs> to bring it to a local park, and I'm just going to set it on fire." And then there were people actually next to us who left. Like when that started happening, they were like, you know what? Why do they have to ruin it? And they got, yeah. they like, yeah. they had gotten there early to get the spot and everything. And then they left right when that was happening. I had friends that reached out to me on the morning of 4th of July, like, oh, when you're coming, can you like stop and pick up sparklers? And I was like, you want me to go to like a fireworks shop? Like, and I just thought about our conversations about like things blowing up in your hands. And yeah. I'm like, I know what sparklers are, but like, I don't want to buy anything that I have to set ablaze and like see flames coming off yeah. of it. Like, I'm just good. I saw a video of rent of a friend of mine on a rooftop with a sparkler and a scotch and a cigarette. All Pepsi. in, all in. <laughs> I was like, that America. person I hope is alive to see the next day. One, but- of, one of the other things that happened on the 4th of July, other than the earthquake, which I know we're going to talk about, was like Donald Trump did his big parade and his big speech and all that kind of stuff. And like it rained on him, which I, I'm i not going to say I was delighted to see, but I'm not going to not say I was delighted to see it. And his hair did not change. Well, I think he was like covered because like oh. there was like glass in front of him that had all this rain on it, but he was dry. And I was like, I don't know what the apparatus was and I didn't care enough to look, look into it. But like he was, it, it rained on their parade quite literally. So I was... It do was you, interesting. Do you think he has one of those like Pope glass case things now? I think because he probably everyone, did. <laughs> yeah, to protect himself. Yeah, well, I would I know, be like, surprised. I know when like Barack Obama's uh, the night that he uh, like accepted his nomination from the Democrats, and then the night of the inauguration, they had him like wrapped in glass like on the stage. So I know that's a thing that they've done, but it mm-hmm. happens very rarely. So I, I'm imagining that that had to have been for the rain. Now, do you think that in about ten years' time, I'm just going to say ten years is a round number. Do you think we're going to stop? doing fireworks displays oh god no i think people love it too much i think people love it but i also think people in general are going to start getting more and more eco-friendly and environmentally conscious and are they not eco-friendly i mean i don't think so don't you see the giant clouds of smoke like permeating the skies i can't that can't be good i never thought about it i guess there probably is some element of it that's not good for the atmosphere yeah i mean like if and you i know think animals about- you were talking about animals like hate it 
Oh, yeah. And then they doubled. I mean, this was like the apocalypse for them this weekend with the earthquakes, too. <laughs> yes. It was like the earthquakes. And then everyone was posting pictures and videos of their dogs freaking out during their earthquakes. Right. And I was like, they have no idea that later on even more horrible things right. are coming. Well, and like, I know. So on, on the 4th of July, I like I baked this cake for the party I was going to and I made guacamole. That's what I was asked to bring. So I did it. And I'm standing over the stove. And like, I had this moment where I like swayed left and right. And I for the, my first thought was like did I take an edible? Like, I literally thought that, and I was like, am I high? And I knew, like, I didn't. And then I thought, like, I was having vertigo, because there's uh, some instances where I've had vertigo where I just, like, I feel like I'm dizzy. Uh. And I was like, and then I looked to the right, and I saw, like, my chandelier was swaying, and the, the blinds were swaying, and I was like, oh, this is an earthquake. Okay, okay, it's not just me. And then I was like, oh my God, this is an earthquake. You know? So, right. like, it was, it was a sagest thing for me. Yeah. And then it lasted forever. That's what I heard because I wasn't there, but uh, but I, I mean, you didn't I, feel it in San Diego? No, not at all. Oh, because I know like the second one, they fell all the way up in Monterey. Like, yeah, I know. I was just, I was hearing that, but I didn't. We didn't feel anything at either all. One? No, neither one. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, not that I know of. I mean, I, I there could also I probably was high. So the second, so the second, <laughs> I probably one? was high, and then I was like, whoa, I'm high, and I'm then high. everyone else was like, there's an earthquake. So the second one, I had just like walked down the street to the store, and I was walking back, and I was on the phone with a friend of mine, and like I had no idea the second one, which was bigger, the seven point one. Even happened until I hung up the phone and I got a text message like, oh my God, did you feel that one? Are you okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I turned on the TV and it was like, earthquake, earthquake, earthquake. And I was like, oh my God, I completely missed it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, the first things that I read about were the most first world things, that problems ever. It was like somebody's chandelier at like in like a Vegas casino. Oh, God. And then it was like... Like it fell? No, no, no. Just shaking. Oh, okay. It was just moving back and forth. Or no, no, no. It was a penthouse at one of the big casinos there. And then person like put a video up and was like, "Oh my god, my chandelier is <laughs> like moving." And then another the, the second video I saw was someone's pool creating waves and I was like, "All I saw right, a lot of those. you know what? There are poor people that were affected by the earthquake too. It's I not just all chandeliers and pools." Wait, you said but Scott Bayo had a really boring video? Oh yeah, it was his camera in his living room. I think we have the audio, but it's like him just being like, "Okay, and here's the dog." dog's getting nervous that's it oh no he's running around like crazy oh man but you can't was, even like see things shaking or no anything. there's nothing oh, there's God. nothing that's the worst like there was great it's just scott bayo giving commentary <laughs> about an earthquake that already happened well scott bayo's definitely been the one that we turn to in these <laughs> moments so uh we're gonna take a quick break when we come back the u.s women's soccer team wins the world cup the crowd had some things to say about Trump, and it also sparked a conversation about equal pay for women. And we have so many more things to talk about. Later on, we're going to talk about what to do when the big one hits and what goes in a kit, because I don't think any of us have a kit. I don't think anyone's prepared for that. So uh, all those things and more coming up in just a little bit. You're listening to Drop the Subject with Jaren Alley on the new channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. Drop the subject on the new channel Q, Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill, and uh, you are probably recovering from a long, well, long-ish little moment off where you got to soak in some sun, you got to drink a little bit if you're of, of drinking age, or maybe even if you weren't, you probably may have partaken a little bit. Not that I'm condoning that behavior, but there was a lot of other things that happened too. Stranger Things Season 3, of course. The Women's World Cup, the USA, are world champions. And I am learning just based on Megan Rapino kissing her girlfriend at the end that I should be watching more soccer. 
Apparently, um, Megan Rapino uh, obviously like gave a brutal rebuff to the president before she even went into this game and was like, "If we win this game, we're not going to the White House, and you can basically kiss me." Where yeah, I can say kiss my ass. Um, and like she she gave him that, and the president then came out and was like, "It was a great game. We saw a few minutes of it." And then they like pivoted, asking him questions about equal pay because the the women's soccer teams. Um, I believe the women have gone to the to the World Cup like eight times or something like that, and the men have gone like once. Mm-hmm. And the men get paid like one point one million dollars when they win, and the women make like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, no, I was uh, reading an article last week about this too, about how a lot of the women. In, I mean, not just the USA teams. All the countries in in um, USA World or in um, World Cup soccer are literally playing for their salaries. They're yeah. playing for their jobs. You yeah. know, like they're not. They're playing to win because they have to. Well, the difficult thing is, like, I think women's soccer is attended less. I'm not really sure what the what the numbers are but or watch less. I don't know how they figure out payment for those things. I don't know. Well, I think that in general, women's sports are given less respect and have sure. less viewership because of that because of the whole like oh you know men they're stronger they're going to get a, a, a few more fierce game blah 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 I would say the the one women's sport that is probably the two women's sports I would say that remain very popular are women's tennis and women's soccer yeah because women's tennis is sometimes more I mean I think most of the time more exciting more exciting and, and like has and bigger stars yeah, yeah exactly but um, they I mean I don't know comparatively how the women's salaries on tennis compare to the men's salaries I would imagine I like it's I've more equal Serena and uh, Martina Navratilova look at me giving sports names um, I want to say that they said that they made less than like the men as well I, I want to say that that's true I'm not 100% sure but like I went to a WNBA game maybe two years ago and when I tell you, like, the stadium was maybe 20% full, it was, like, at the Staples Center at, at that. And, like, I was just kind of taken aback. Like, no one even knows that this game is happening right now. And, like, no one's here. And, like, the halftime entertainment was, like, a Zumba class that comes out and dances. It was, like... I would have loved that. I actually enjoyed it. They were pretty entertaining. Um, but, <laughs> Wait, like, was it really a Zumba No, class? it was, like, a Zumba, like, dance routine or something like that from, like, a... I don't know if it was from a Zumba class or like a Zumba studio or something, but like that's what it was. And I was like, you can't be serious. And now the Zoom girls. Exactly. And I mean, like, I don't know if you've ever done Zumba, but like, Oh, it's, yes, I have. It's legit workout. Um, I, I went to a Zumba class, and this is not what we're talking about, but like I didn't know I had gone to like an intermediate class, and like they were putting in work. Well, because they know all the choreography already. Yes. That's what's, wor- that's what's scary about going to one of those classes is that, and then there's some old lady who knows every single step, oh and you God. don't, and she's like, you know, jiving and around. And she's not even and she's sweating. Got her hip- no, she's no. She's not even sweating. She's not. And then, and then everyone's going, you know, and like hooting and hollering. Wait, and you, what are they doing? They're going, <laughs> that wasn't the same as the first. There you go. Um, no, it's just like, it's crazy to me, uh, like how much women's sports. I'm trying to bring it back to women's sports. I'm trying to bring it back. That is a women's sport, but, I think, it, I Zuma. Mean, well, I went there and I was like, I'm not gay enough for this. Like, I just was not able yet. to get it. And like, not yet. You're right. I need to go to a couple more classes. But no, I, I was taken aback just like by hearing the, the raw numbers of like what women get paid in soccer compared to men, especially when like the women's soccer has been so much more, um, their, their team at least has been so much more successful than the men's team. That's just kind of ridiculous to me and the fact that they only play i mean don't they do the world's cup only once every four years i, I so didn't realize like, that it's until not like this they're morning. even doing it yearly too yeah. so i mean the attendance is probably a little better because it doesn't happen as often but yeah. still i mean they're working i mean in the, at least in the article i was reading they're get, they're working for three years just to be able right. to try and get to this moment where it makes it like where they're actually getting paid what they deserve even 
only if they win. Because you know, if they like don't the Olympics, win, then they don't. It's like it's kind of like the Olympics, but they play they play soccer in the Olympics as well. But like I didn't I didn't realize that it was every four years. In my mind, it was happening every year, and I just wasn't paying attention. Hmm. So no, but like the women have been crushing it. So congratulations to the U.S. women's soccer team um, for crushing it. Uh, awesome to you, Megan Rapinoe, and your girlfriend and your your stance of not going to the White House. Yeah, and saying that, that soccer guy. women's soccer wouldn't exist without gays. I think she tweeted that, which Did is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean she's absolutely right. Women's sports. I think I know it was a player. Gays. I don't know if it was her or not, but they said, like, go gays. Women's sports would be nowhere without lesbians. Like, let's just be honest. And they're out. And they're out. Exactly. They're just like, hey, I'm a big lesbo. All right. So when we come back, earthquakes, what do you do when they come? What are you supposed to have? I started Googling earthquake kit because I I don't have one. Um, We're going to tell you what you need to know and how much of the country is actually, like, zoned to possibly have earthquakes. You'll be surprised. All that's coming up next on Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie on the new channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Drop the subject on the new channel Q with Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill. And we are about to get into earthquake preparedness. It has been the topic of conversation ever since the the 4th of July quake happened. And then there were several afterwards. There have even been uh, several aftershocks that are still taking place today. And, of course, it always raises the question on everyone's mind, when is the big one? When is the big one coming? All the scientists say we're massively overdue for one, that there's a 50% chance Southern California and general will be hit by one in the next five, ten years. So what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to stay prepared? Everyone just sits around going, I'm not prepared, but can we, is it even... like, is it possible for somebody like me to even be prepared when I don't make a lot of money? Well, the thing is, like, I'm looking at the what you need to start an earthquake kit and then, like, what you need to have a deluxe one. And I would bet you, because there's, like, 20 things on here almost, and I don't think either one of us probably has any of these things. Or, no. like, maybe one or two. So I'm going to I'm gonna go down the list and you say, tell me if you have these things. A gallon of water per person per day for at least three days for drinking and sanitation. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, first of all, how my water dispenser. <laughs> how dare you accuse me of not having gallons of water I, in my house? I don't. Um, no, I don't. I have. A, I would come here and get all the free water. Well, there's, there's that. free water bottles all over this building. But if there was a big, if the big one hit, likely the scan carts would not be working because the power would be out. Well, there's so that. how would I yeah. get into this building? You couldn't even get up the elevators because those wouldn't work. You and, know, yeah, yeah. I've realized that I, in an earthquake situation, I only know what to do if I'm in a classroom. Right, get underneath the desk. I'm like, all I know yeah. is that I had to get underneath the desk. I, I feel like when the big one hits, I'm just going to try and get to a classroom. Okay, do you that's have, the only time I know what to do. Do you have three days worth of non-perishable food? Maybe. Taco I Bell mean, does not count. No, I think I have like a random can of mixed vegetables, like a vegetable medley that I never use. Short answer is no. I mean, uh, Okay. Uh, a battery Wait, does pow- pet food count? No. A battery powered or hand crank radio. Oh, do I have a radio? Wow. I don't have any kind of a radio. See, everyone, you know, you say radio is on its way out. Not true. Exactly. When these horrible disasters happen, you need I even us. Listen to, I listen to us on my phone. I, I don't, I listen to, like, streaming on my TV. Like, I don't, you know, I use Alexa. So, like, if the power was out, I'd be screwed. I, yeah, I don't think I have an actual battery-powered radio. Do you I have think, a flashlight? Yes, that I have. I do have a... a being That's not less, on your phone? Yes. Okay. I do have two. I actually have two emergency flashlights that my dad got me that plug into your wall. 
But and you then, need the power. No, but it it, it it's it charging. Like okay. Yeah. So then when you actually need them, you can use them throughout the house or whatever. They automatically go on when the power goes out. And then being a lesbian, I do have a various amount of camping equipment. So that I could use. Okay. That that will actually probably help. Do you have extra batteries? Yes. Because really? I went to Costco once. And you're a lesbian and you guys need those batteries. Um, <laughs> first aid those kit. Those little tiny circular exactly, ones. Exactly. The first aid kit, I think I have a first aid kit. God only knows what's in it. <sighs> we have Again, a really good one here at the office. I would imagine that I have a first aid kit, but it's probably not well stocked. I would imagine I have like a pe- one piece of gauze and like a half a Band-Aid in there. Short answer, no. Not, not <laughs> okay. to where I'm supposed to know. The other things on this list, whistle t- for help, a dust mask to help filter contaminated air. That I have. A dust. I think I do have a dust mask because actually. of all the fires. Exactly. Um, plastic sheeting and duct tape, which sounds very Dexter. Um, moist towelettes and garbage bags and plastic ties. Like I'm gonna like plastic ties. Why do I need those? I have no clue for personal sanitation. I oh, think this yes. is. A, are you sure you're not looking at murder kid? <laughs> no, that's what that sounds like. A wrench or pliers to turn off utilities. I do have that. Um, manual can opener for food. I do have that. Local maps, the paper kind. Whoa. Paper maps? Paper maps? What? That's going to get looted from every single gas station? Absolutely not. Oh, Lord. And then a cell phone with chargers and a backup battery. I don't even have a backup battery right now. No, and I don't think that's going to matter either because the power's going to be out. Like I read that if the big one hits, especially in Southern California... The whole city will likely be completely without of power within two minutes. Yeah. So I mean, I guess and for a long time, probably, and for a really long time, right? So you probably wouldn't be able to make a phone call. You'd probably just be able to like. There are other things. Play in, on your calculator. Exactly. That's all you could do. <laughs> for, uh, Play when candy when crush. When there's sunlight. Um, the other things in here, like prescription medications, glasses, your infant formula, pet food, uh, all the medications, cash, or travelers' checks. <laughs> Who has traveler's checks just on standby? This is not going to matter. It's Everyone's going to go like full Lord of the Flies. Everyone's going to be eating each other. Yes. They're going to be eating the traveler's checks. They're not going to be, you know, cashing with them. It's going to be ridiculous. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for News of the Lose It. Allie has the headlines. I get the votes and you get the news. That's next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q, yes, drop the subject. Allie Johnson, Jared Hill, we've still been talking about the earthquakes off the air. And um, yeah, I uh, I looked into getting earthquake insurance after all this happened. You know, I'm sure everyone, all these insurance companies get a major uptick in people calling trying to get earthquake insurance after these, these things happen. And uh, they... the price for the insurance for my place is so exponentially expensive because I am more likely to be in a damaged area or whatever because I'm closer to a fault line and I think that's BS. Well, so that kind of like touches on the other point that I wanted to talk about because I, I but when we pitch all of our stories or whatever to go into the show and when I was thinking about earthquakes, I was like, oh, this is such a California problem. Like we have listeners all over the country. And so I looked like what areas of the country are, you know, possibly in impacted by earthquakes and there's a map here that shows like all of the different places 
is, um, and I'll tweet out the link to it because it's a really interesting thing. Mind you, this map is from like the 70s, but the faults haven't changed. Um, and like the only places yeah, that have... looks so happy. Exactly. Um, the, the only places that have like a zero or what's considered a zero risk factor for damage from earthquakes are like the southern part of Florida, the southern part of Texas, and like the bottom of Mississippi and Alabama. And that's it. Those are the only places that have zero chance? Zero chance, right? Or like they have like a scale of one to three. Um, That's well, zero to three. And like those are the only places with zero. And like a almost all of the country has like at least a minor chance of damage from an earthquake. Obviously, like California, like a large swaths of California and parts in the Midwest, and then even some places on the East Coast have like all the way up to major. And I've, I, we always think of earthquakes as being like a Californian East West Coast kind of thing. But like when people um, in Denver talked about having felt earthquakes in the past, a lot, almost all of Utah is in the zone that says three, um, kind of over in like the, the middle of the country where like Indiana, Indianapolis, I mean, Indiana and Illinois, that part of the country and like a lot of parts in the Northwest, like it's a lot of the country that is at risk for like major damage from earthquakes. But we're California, we that's what everyone always talks about is that once the big one hits, we might break off and become our own island. They always talk about us like we're going to be a second state. And yeah, like, uh, and I'm here for that. Are you? I, 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 uh, Come on. There's always Come on. The, so our like, own state, our own independent country, well, so California. You joke, but like there was a debate last year about that went on to the ballot in 2018. Yes, I know. We, we talked to one country. of the guys who started that bill. Well, like what's crazy about that is like the the idea of dividing up the state um, just like electorally has like a lot of political ramifications for the state and how um, we would, California specifically would like become a lot less important in the election, but like we'd have like a conservative state if they were trying to break it up into multiple states. Yeah, like, there was it would like be six or nine different parts, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I think Republicans really want that because California is such a behemoth with electoral votes, but like the idea of splitting up the state has like major ramifications. Well, yeah, because the middle of it is a, is a lot of of people like, that are not super liberal. Well, it's it's very rural, and like the more rural the areas are, the more you know uh, right leaning those those uh, areas tend to be. And so, like the more likely uh, when you live in a city, you tend to be in a more likely, um, more progressive or liberal kind of space because of how those dynamics work out. And there tends to be a lot more um, diverse demographics and all those things. And that's mm. a whole other conversation. But like, it's interesting to me that way more of the country is susceptible to earthquakes than I realized. And so, yeah. Yeah, well, we were arguing uh, over the weekend about the 89 earthquake in San Francisco because Katie and I were both there for that. I was four. but I I don't even remember it. Oh, I remember it very clearly because I was looking at preschools. My mom was taking me to a campus or whatever, a a school to look at, you know, whether I wanted to go to kindergarten or to kindergarten or kindergarten there because I was four going into kindergarten. And so all of a sudden the ground started shaking and my mom, you know, put her hands out and I ran over to her and then she was showing me all the kids under their desks. She was like, look at all the kids they are under their desks. They're all being good. Anyway, I remember it being gigantic, but maybe that's also because I was really tiny and we were arguing about the magnitude of that earthquake because this one that just hit was a 7.1. I was like, well, the one in San Francisco was like, what, 8.9? And they were like, no, it was like a 6.9. And I was so surprised that it was so small. Yeah, because there was in the 7.1 that just happened, there were no deaths. There were, I mean, there were some, there were some uh, like problems with houses and there were some fires and things like that. But the damage compared to in the Bay Area was minimal. Well, so the, the, the distinction there is like the earthquake that we had here, actually the epicenter of it was 
was like 130-ish miles outside of the city, um, all the way up in a place called Ridgecrest. And like the two of them happened up in that area. So like had it happened in downtown, for right. instance, we would have had a lot more problems. That's true. But like I think that's why, you know, some people felt it in, in various different ways. There's even like a map of like how much you can feel it in different areas. I was glued to the coverage because I, I on, on moments like this, I miss being a local reporter. Um, and so they they had like the, the earthquake lady, they call her, uh, Dr. Lucy Jones. And like she is this stellar woman who they ask her like, well, you know, what does this mean for? And she's like, well, in, in 1812, there was an earthquake that did such and such. And then in oh, 1888. I think I heard that lady talking. Yeah. Amazing. She was like, this is the biggest one in this area in a century. Right. Like she knew all the stuff offhand. Yeah. 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 So, she's like Rain Man with the earthquake. She's amazing. So look her up on uh, on on the Twitter. And I followed her because she's amazing. So. Okay. Let's get into news that or lose it before we run out of time. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, I bring five stories to the table. Jarrett, you decide what we news and what we lose. What we lose, we do not get into, and what we news, we dig deep into at the top of the next hour. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. Headline number one, Walmart to start using VR technology to hire new managers. What? Um, yeah, let's news that. Okay. Headline number two, Rooster sued by retired couple in noise dispute. <laughs> this feels like something that comes straight out of our friends in the South. Um, I'm going to lose it. Okay. Uh, headline number three, Netflix vows to cut back on smoking after criticism. Oh, like in the shows or something? Yes. Um. Okay. Yeah, let's news it. Okay. Headline number four, because we value your time on Drop the Subject, here are the worst tourist traps in every state. <laughs> I don't I I feel like you really want to do that. So I yeah, will you say, decide. I will say news it. Okay. Yeah. And then finally, the cameo culture is raging and Stranger Things season three is no different. See what celebrity random celebrity made an appearance this time. In in Stranger Things via cameo? Yes. Um, I haven't watched Stranger Things, so that probably wouldn't land with me. Uh, I'll, I'll just tell you now; it's the it's one of the subjects from Queer Eye. Oh, <laughs> he's like in the background. Okay, all right. And we'll I was lose like, it. oh, okay. Anyway, okay, so we're gonna do Walmart using VR technology to hire new managers. Netflix vowing to cut back on smoking after criticism. Uh, the worst tourist traps in each state, and those are the stories we will be getting into at the top of the next hour. Stick around; you're listening. to Drop the subject on your radio and radio.com. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q with Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill. And the decisions have been made. The stories have been pitched. And these are the things we are newsing and losing. Ladies and gentlemen, news it or lose it. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, let's start to talk about what you need to do in order to become a Walmart manager. I'm sure you wanted to know. They are getting I, robots involved. I was going to say, I've, I've always asked myself, like, what have I got to do? They actually make a lot of money. Did you know that? They do? Like, the like more than manager? the In-N-Out Burger people? No, no, no. <laughs> like, the, the general managers of uh, Walmart are like six-figure jobs. Yeah, just for like, a general manager, like the the top manager at the store is like a six figure job. <laughs> I uh, heard that, and I was from like, from greeter to what? manager, do you work your way up in that scenario? I I don't know, but like the top person at every Walmart is making coin. 
I still don't think it's worth it. I mean, well, that's a whole other <laughs> conversation, but yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I would, yeah. Um, all right. Well, if you are going to have one of those jobs, there is a more involved hiring procedure now that invo- that involves VR headsets. So these headsets are being uh, placed like they're 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 putting these VR headsets on Walmart associates and they're putting them in real life situations to see what they would do and see if they're right for the job. So basically they would use the VR headset to create situations like calming an angry shopper or giving new employees a store <laughs> tour. Oh, so this is like the evolution of like, name a time when you've had to do... Oh, totally. Actually, so this is, is like a idea. 3D version of like, all right, if you like, maybe you know how to answer that question, but how do you put it into practice? I actually like that. I think that it would result in a lot of managers just feeling around for things and looking disoriented because well, that's what I do when I have a VR headset on is I just look like an well, idiot. Well, the videos of it are going to be awesome. <laughs> Like, let's be clear. And then you have to take pictures and put them on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the like, break room. Your, your employee of the month or like the manager photo has to be you in the VR with your hands out. <laughs> I just think it should get a little more exciting. Like you got to put ran- like a random demigorgon in there. Sorry, I'm thinking of that because of Stranger Things. But you got to have some kind of cool video game aspect to it. If you're going to put a VR headset on and then all you're doing is telling someone with a massive wedgie to stop stealing ribs. <laughs> That doesn't seem like as much fun. This is making me think about that People of Walmart website where you can like see like. Just, yeah. Uh, They're that like, website okay. is hilarious. Cindy has three teeth and something in her pants. Oh, How no. do you ask her if she's stealing without making her feel bad? How do you make? How do you ask her if she's stealing without make and still let her feel like a person who matters? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Um, okay. No, okay, I think this now is actually she's not spitting a bad on you. Now, what do you know? Right. I don't uh, think this is a bad idea, actually. So yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. The situations can then be virtually replicated and standardized for hundreds of employees, eliminating bias while placing employees in situations that best fit their skill sets. What we measure is how they engage with us. There's no right or wrong, but it gives. <laughs> Really? Is there no right or wrong? I mean... Uh, But it gives an understanding of their level of maturity when it comes to leadership, as well as how they view customer service. Again, people are always on their best behavior in these interview scenarios. They're going to be very, very polite in the VR scenario versus the real life situation. I mean, I think it's... uh, So, I mean, I'm always thinking diversity and inclusion, so I'm like, okay... I want to see how they deal with this when it comes to like all kinds of different customers, when it comes to men versus women, when it comes to black and brown folks versus white folks. Like, I think it's a, an excellent way to see how people handle things differently. I think mm. actually this is not a bad idea at all. All right. What is not a good idea is Netflix showing a bunch of chain smokers on all of their programming. Apparently people are not happy about it. Can I just tell you, cigarette smoking, like... I'm always still shocked every time I see someone smoking a cigarette. Like, on like television, outside? On television, in real life, on Tinder, there was a guy whose profile, he like had a cigarette in his photo, and he, he talked about liking to smoke cigarettes in the first sentence, and it was like, swipe left before I even say anything else. Oh. It's like crazy to me. Well, I think that smokers have become very, very hated in this country, yeah. and so I, I think that most people feel extreme, extreme shame around smoking, and even people who do smoke, they don't want to tell anybody that they smoke, because yeah. then they're going to be viewed as like this horrible leper who has to you know, be away from every single living, breathing thing in order to... And I feel like most people that are like addicted to, to, to smoking probably don't want to be smoking, 
and like no, most they of them want to stop. Yeah. So like I feel that for them, uh, for the ones that like don't want to smoke but are, are addicted. But like smoking is just crazy to me. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, I, I used to be a smoker. Yeah. And um and my uh, I you know several people in my family and my close friends are smokers. So I guess that's why I have like a different perspective on it. Well, when my grandmother died, I remember her quitting like smoking like 25 years ago. And then when she died, my parent, my dad, and my uncle told me actually she never quit smoking. She just was hiding it so well that most people didn't know that she had been smoking through her whole life. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. for 20 years? Yeah, like, that's it a, was crazy. Grandma's going to keep in secrets. Yes. Where she's got that, like she washes her hand right after, well, she puts some bathroom, gum in her mouth. Her bathroom, where none of us ever went, was like completely, the walls were like yellow because she was smoked in the bathroom. <laughs> That is is kind of amazing. Okay, uh, well, we're going to get into the actual story here when we get back. Uh, People watch Stranger Things and some of the other shows on Netflix, and they're not happy about the chain smoking that was taking place, because this is a show for kids, even though the S word and the F word are everywhere. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get into all that when we get back. This is the middle of News It or Lose It. You're listening to Drop the Subject on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. the subject okay welcome back to drop the drop 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 mm-hmm. drop the subject That's work. Mm-hmm. uh drunk the subject welcome <laughs> Allie, the subject. <laughs> uh, uh, i'm ali johnson jared hill is with me and we are in the middle of news that are lucid and we've been talking about how netflix has now vowed to cut back on smoking after all of the criticism around stranger things but some of the other shows um i don't know but uh, you don't watch stranger things right right okay I watched, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I did watch the first two episodes of it over the weekend, and I was contemplating while I was watching it on whether or not I would, I was like, would I allow my kids to watch this show? Because there is a lot of, like, sexual innuendos, there's a lot of, a lot of swearing, uh, there's a lot of just gross, like, there's a there's bad things happening to rats in, the, in this season. I mean, there's there's just not. Wait, are a, you feeling for the rats though? <laughs> not not that, necessarily. The way you worded that was, but like, it was, was. I don't want to spoil anything, but okay. it was really graphic stuff. So I was like, would I allow my? But I didn't really think too much about the smoking aspect of it. Yeah. And then I saw that everyone was complaining about it, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess everyone is kind of chain smoking a lot. But this happens with oh, you know when you go back in time with shows like in the eighties or the seventies oh, or the fifties. Yeah. Okay. And everybody was still smoking back then. Like, Chernobyl, everybody's smoking. Okay. Okay, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, everybody is smoking. So you talked about Chernobyl. I started watching it over the break, and like... I'm. I mean, I'm not giving anything away, but like the guy is like inside the nuclear reactor room and lights up a cigarette. Yeah, and I was, and he's like bloody and like his skin is called, and he lights up a cigarette. He's like at the edge of his life, like yes. he's about to die, and the last thing he wants to do is have well, a cigarette. Like, the last, the my thought was like the last thing I thought would be a good idea, and there's an open flame. But I, I mean, it seemed like it was fine, I guess. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? You know, have Let your cigarette. Let him smoke his like, damn cigarette. Have you your know? cigarette, because you're going to live for about eight more minutes. Uh, well, there is a, I, I believe it's a nonprofit, but they keep track of all this stuff of about how much do. people are smoking, of course. So they said that Netflix topped the list of uh, with nearly triple the number of tobacco instances, 866, compared to the year prior, which was just 299. Granted, they're making a ton 
more programming than yeah. they were last year, and they're spending billions of dollars on it. And I guess half a billion is just a cigarettes. I um, wow. I yeah. Mean, I'm I, I'm thinking like, how do you even collect all that data? Like, geez, Louise. So yeah, I know, right? Who's sitting there being like, oh, oh, right, like a check mark. Up. Oh, tally mark. Oh, there's another. Oh, there's three. One, two, th- like. It's like crazy. the opposite of Mr. Skin. Uh, Mr. Skin. Yeah, have you heard of Mr. Skin? Oh, he's a guy who talks about how far you can get into any, each uh, TV show and or movie uh, before seeing nudity. Like, he knows every single oh. moment where nudity happens. He's kind of a perv, isn't he? I think so, yeah, but he's made a career <laughs> for so. it. He's made a career out of it. Okay. For, you know, he's got a book and everything. I wanted to start doing that with Meghan McCain to see how long it took her to, her to mention her father on The View. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> that's a different book. Yeah, it's a different book. Uh, so I guess going forward, Netflix has said, all new projects that we commission with ratings of TV 14 or below for series or PG 13 below for films, we will uh, it will be smoking an e-cigarette free. That's actually... A, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I hate it. I, I mean, think it's stupid. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to go back into the 70s or the 80s, like, people were smoking. Yes. Or, you know, like, I mean, Because that was that, history. But, you have to be yeah. accurate with history. It says, except for reasons of historical or factual accuracy, oh, okay. says the streamer in the wake of a report about its de- depictions of tobacco use. Now, we were also talking about euphoria. What, move, yeah. what, what age group is that supposed to be? Because there's a lot of super adult situations. Granted, it's about kids in high school, but still... I mean, it's, I would imagine people between the ages of 18 and 20, 18 and 34 is probably the demo there. So the question I, I, I started like thinking about this more and more, like when we started getting all these reboots and I thought, started thinking like, who is the audience for this show? Like when, you know, a cartoon comes back, like it's obviously not for the audience that watched it 20 years ago. It's like for a new audience. When that's so Raven came back with Raven's home. I was like, these are, this show is for kids that are watching the Disney channel, but I low key kind of like it. And you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I always like wonder that. And then like, we're like Sabrina, Sabrina, like yeah. that's definitely not for kids. Right. Um, but parents get mad because they don't know that necessarily. Well, yeah. And then they're like, Oh, kids let's watch Stranger Things well, and, and Stranger then they're Things like has like all these kids in the cast and Euphoria has like all these teenagers but I'm like these are this at least Euphoria I've seen I've started watching that show is definitely not for kids no I think that would be pretty easy to I yeah. mean even if you're on Netflix and reading the <laughs> or that one's on Hulu I can't yeah, remember uh, but on HBO on HBO but you, as soon as you read the description you're like this person's addicted to okay we're definitely not watching that but if Stranger Things I think it what happens is that the parents hear about it and then they let their kids watch it without really checking and then they get angry and they're like, change the rules. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Interesting. Uh, okay. Again, before we value your t- uh, because we value your time on drop the subject. Here are the worst tourist traps in each state: California, the Full House house. Oh, it's a trap. What does that yeah, mean? Yeah, because it's not worth the like. Once you get there, you're like, mm. like oh, is it's that not what a worth tourist it. trap is? Like you yeah. get there and you're like, oh, this is whack. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like the La Brea tar pits. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. I don't even think that is a tourist trap. I don't think anyone even knows about it. Yeah, fun, fair enough. Uh, let's see. Delaware is the Air Mobility Command Museum. I could have told you that. <laughs> Florida is the city of live mermaids. Apparently, they have a half fish, half human performances underwater, yeah, and those are not worth it. Hard pass. Uh, that's like the water version of dinner theater. Uh, Indiana, the biggest ball of paint. Iowa, the largest frying pan. I mean, now I'm just going down the list. It's like, here's this insert state here. Biggest right. ball of blank. You know, I would say any of that stuff. Why don't you just not plan for it? Like, if you happen upon the biggest ball of twine, great. So then I, it's not so much of a disappointment. I had a friend that came to L.A. and I asked him, I was like, oh, what did you do today? He was like, well, the first thing we did was we went to the spot where Biggie got shot. <laughs> and I said, it, it's like, it's really close to the studio actually uh. here. Uh, and I was like, 
I'm sorry, you did what? <laughs> I was like, I was taken aback. He was like, that was the first thing he wanted to Is do. Is there anything another. commemorative there? It's just like no. It's, a, it's actually at the Peterson Automotive Museum. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there's a is there there's an X in the street. There's an X in the street. Okay, Emmy there's something there's an X unbelievable. In the street. And I then noticed that. Okay. Mississippi is the birthplace of Elvis Presley. I did go to the birthplace or the childhood home of Michael Jackson before all before the documentary came out. Yikes! And I was like, I went to Gary for this. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, uh, the Trump administration is trying to keep the citizenship question in the census and there's a whole lot of other things going on you're not going to miss it you're coming right back on drop the subject with jared and ali on the new channel q on your radio on radio.com drop the subject we'll be right back drop the subject so, welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared. That's Allie. This is the new channel Q. Um, make sure that you follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, on the Instagram machine, all at DTS Show. Um, and uh, keep up with what we're doing on the show, what's going to be coming up. We also tweet out links to stories sometimes. So, uh, make sure that you follow us there. You can follow Allie at your Allie Johnson on Twitter and Instagram. Follow at your own risk. <laughs> Follow at your own risk. Um, Flipbook Fridays, are, you know, they happen. And um, then you can also follow me at Jarrett Hill, two R's, two T's on Twitter and Instagram as well. So, okay, I wanted to get into this story because we told you a couple of weeks ago about um, the census um, ask, adding a citizenship question and that went through the Supreme Court. We were in Supreme Court season for that week. Um, and the Supreme Court came out and said that it was unconstitutional. But the Trump administration, since then, there was all these headlines that said that they had dropped the census question, the citizenship question, and that they weren't going to try and go for it anymore. And then all of a sudden, Donald Trump said they are going to still continue going after it, try to go through executive orders and different legal things. And what's been interesting to me is that we're seeing a lot of this um, this conversation around like the impact of having a citizenship question. And it's one of those things that seems like it would be a no brainer. Like, yeah, we should ask everybody if they're a citizen. But like the ramifications of that, you know, have a negative impact. A similar situation being like voter ID. Right. Like, yeah, everybody should have to have an ID to have to, to vote. But it's like the practical application of it ends up impacting a lot of poor people, black people, brown people and, you know, people who can't necessarily physically get an ID. With this, the, the citizenship question, like it excludes a lot of black and brown people, but it also excludes a lot of immigrants. We need to know how many people are here in the country, not how many citizens we have. Right. And like how many mm. people are in each state. Those are two different numbers. And so the citizenship question, I, I feel like the Trump administration is really just kind of like bloviating here. They're just kind of like talking because the deadline for turning in uh, the census information was June 30th. And they've, they've apparently already or reportedly already started printing it. So I feel like the president and the administration and the Department of Justice are all doing this just for the sake of continuing to talk about it, as opposed to like actually fighting for this. It kind of seems to me like the White House is trying to get ratings. Exactly that. No, absolutely. like the way that they act is you're like, are you like trying to get the most clicks? I don't understand. But what... it's Donald Trump as president. So, of course, right. you know, because it's just like, why are they still talking about this? It's, like, shut up. It's crazy to me because Donald Trump is like just like railing on and tweeting about it. And like it was a there was a court situation where a judge had to call in the lawyer and say, like, yesterday you were here saying that you guys were not moving forward with this. And the president tweeted this morning that you guys are. And the the, the lawyer even on their side was like. I have no idea what he's talking about, right. basically. Um, so I, for the people that are seeing that story in the headlines, like my hot take, if you will, is that I believe that the president is really just trying to continue to appease his base and is not really trying to like fight this anymore because there's no like legal standing. And 
even if there was like the census has already started being printed you have to print a census that will reach seemingly 330 million people you probably want to start printing that a little bit more before the day before why isn't more why aren't more people upset this is being printed on paper isn't kind of a waste of paper well I mean people think can we get an email I, can't I go paperless see, with my census see stuff like that like I don't think I would ever trust that digitally like I don't I don't trust digital voting because it can be hacked I don't trust paper voting who the hell's gonna open if I got something like that in the mail I would throw it away with my Valpak. But at least (laughs) with my Valpak. (laughs) But like I the thing about it is like you can always go back and verify it. Like we have Ali's ballot here. We saw that she voted for this person and for this measure as opposed to like a receipt that comes out of a machine that can be manipulated with a cartridge or something. Oh, I see. So you think that it's more. Wait, but then if I'm getting it on paper, how do they even know that it's me filling it out? Well, they don't. That we can't know, right? Like, I mean, right. realistically, if you're voting absentee, that's that's. I could have had Alexa honor. do it for but me. But you also have to sign it, and that's a legally binding document when you sign it. So, like, if it if they find out that you didn't, that, and even uh, the census, I believe, is is a legally binding um, document as well. Like, if you lie on this, it's a crime. Okay, but that doesn't mean people don't do it. Well, sure. I mean, I mean, it's like voting for the Emmys. Like, where it's like, where's the witness? And I'm like, oh, I just happen to also be the witness. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. But if they come back for it, you can go to jail. But like, <laughs> yeah, but how do they know? They have no way to prove it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but it's, there's laws. I mean, you could go up to a to a, uh, an election poll and like vote and say that you're, you know, Sally. Jesse Raphael. I don't know where I pulled it's that name Sally from. Sally Johnson. <laughs> it's Sally Johnson. And like you could go up and say that you're her, but then if they find out that you did it, it's a, it's a crime. I love that that's the person I would pretend to be. I, love I that just want to person... pretend to be Sally Jesse Raphael. I love that that was the first name that came to my mind. Yeah. That's really random. Okay. The other thing that I thought was interesting this weekend, uh, on, on the 4th of July, uh, Justin Amash, who is the only senator who has really come out against Donald Trump and said that he should be in, um, uh, impeached. He came out uh, a couple of weeks ago and left the Freedom Caucus, which was like this caucus of Republicans within the the Senate. Sorry, this is the guy you told me about before, right? Yes. He left the Freedom Caucus that he'd left, um, that he actually started the Freedom Caucus, which is like a group group of like far right Republicans, Um, left that group a couple of weeks ago. And then on July 4th, he declared himself independent of the Republican Party, (laughs) which I thought was cheesy, but yeah. So he is now removing himself. And he also, didn't he say that he, that Trump should be impeached? Yes. He said that Trump should be impeached. He's the only Republican senator who's come out and said that. What was interesting, though, um, I don't think we have the clip of this, but he was on CNN on Sunday, and he said that he gets text messages and emails and, and Republicans walking up to him that are like senator or like elected officials telling them, thank you, we appreciate what you're doing, but they won't say it publicly. Oh, this is like, this is like when someone comes out of the closet. And then other and like, people are coming out. To yeah, them. and then other people are like, "Thank you, you're so brave." Um, I'm also super gay, and I've been sleeping <laughs> with men my whole life. Um, I'm never going to say anything about it, but thank you so much. The but then that's another thing that, that you they're can... super gay. Is I'm what's funny super, to me? Super. I'm super gay, gay like, but I'm. I... I'm never going to tell anybody. I'm back in Narnia somewhere. I'm, I'm like way in the back of the closet. wearing a sequin thong under this. <laughs> there, Don't oh, tell anybody. See, now, I was going to go somewhere that she'd have to dump it and we can't even say it. So <laughs> yeah. I won't do that. But yes, Justin Amash, it's interesting to me because you always hear these conversations that like Republicans, you know, are kind of murmuring behind the scenes about Donald Trump, but they like don't say anything. And he just kind of came out and said that as well. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back. 
It's now illegal in California to discriminate based on hairstyles, and uh, that's a thing that has been kind of growing around the country in very di- various different places, and California is the latest one. We'll talk about that when we're trying to drop the subject right here on the new Channel Q on your radio and on your radio.com. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Drop the subject on the new channel Q with Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill. Uh, still a lot more to look forward to in the show today. We actually have a guest coming in studio, Dr. Jen Mann, a very well-known psychotherapist, a host of Couples Therapy on VH1 and Family Therapy with Dr. Jen on VH1. So we have all kinds of questions for her. It's like we could do a whole show with just her. But yes. That'll be fun. I mean, VH1 did it. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> so, Point taken. <laughs> for many, many seasons. Um, but right now we're going to talk about idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about hairstyles and the hairstyle that you choose to wear at work and what it could I mean the fact that now it is under uh, there's a ban on how people are able to hire you based on that hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, me just as somebody who uh, was made fun of a lot for having a mullet, I'm really glad that nobody <laughs> hired me or not hired me based on Let my hairstyle. Let me stop you right there. When did you have a mullet? I don't believe I ever had a mullet, but everyone was saying that I had one because it was a short haircut that had kind of grown out weird, and there were parts on the top that were a little longer. It was like a more of an Ellen-era mullet. Okay, I... It, but I it wasn't what, a mullet because wanna, I'm not going to publicly admit that it was a mullet. I, w- I want to be clear. I heard what you just said, but producer Emmy, back me up on this. It sounds like she had a mullet. Sounds like you. Had I a didn't have a mullet. It was a mulletish. <laughs> it was a short haircut that had grown out. People said it looked like a mullet. If I can show like you a, a picture. If it looks like a mullet and it grows like a mullet, it's probably a mullet. Am I right? I just I'm asking for a backup. Sounds correct. I didn't. <laughs> but we need. Do you have pictures? To I do have pictures. Okay, find the pictures and we'll we'll investigate that later. Okay. I'm pretty sure it sounds like you had a. But mullet. can you trust me to find the right picture? Because I'm sure that if you looked through my Facebook, you'd find one that was more mullety, just based on the angle or whatever. You know I what? do think that there are some angles that maybe looked mullety. I'm gonna do the investigative journalism okay. while we're in this story right now. You do so. it. That's 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 your that's what you know how to do. Yes. Um, I think that uh, the reason. We're getting off topic. The reason why I brought this up is because if I, in fact, had a mullet, I'm very glad nobody used that against me and did not give me a job based on that. Mm -hmm. Okay? I think that it's nice to live in a mullet-friendly workplace. I also think that in radio studios in general, you can't hire based on anything... Anything about the way a person looks yeah, <laughs> at enough. all, okay? I mean, we've got a real bridge troll theme going on in this building. I don't want to point out any fingers. A bridge troll theme? Bridge troll. Troll, sorry. I'm, I'm just saying pe- some people that have been in radio a real long time, I'm glad that we we only use their voice as a criteria. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? I'm not touching that. Okay. So the story is... <laughs> that you are not... Allowed workplace discrimination based on hairstyle is now prohibited under a new state law just signed by our governor, Gavin Newsom. And this specifically mentions uh, hairstyles like afros, braids, twists, cornrows, and dreadlocks. Yeah, I, um, I the, the article comes from Deadline, and it says, The new law came into focus in December when a referee forced a black wrestler from New Jersey high school, uh, from a New Jersey high school, to cut his dreadlocks um, or, or forfeit the match. And I don't know if you saw that video, but like that video, like it's heartbreaking to watch this kid like having his teammates like cheer him him on as they cut his hair off so that 
he can wrestle in this match and it's like infuriating but it also like it it almost makes you want to cry because I, it's so frustrating and like this is a problem that has really existed for a long time this idea that afros and braids and twists and cornrows and dreadlocks specifically um this idea that they're unprofessional um, because they don't like meet this white gaze of like what professionalism is supposed to look like. And so it's crazy to me that like these laws don't exist in most places already. Um, but like this is something that is continues to be a problem around the country. Have you ever wanted to grow your hair out? I've do an afro, my, do a I've grown my hair out in different ways, but like never like that long. Like I started to like grow it out. I wanted to do like the uh Killmonger style before Killmonger did it and then Killmonger did it and I was like, I, I don't think I could oh, get away with same. that. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same I know That's you crazy. too. Yeah. No, I was like Allie seems like she wanted to do the Killmonger <laughs> hair. Well I, I do watch some football and to see some of these guys with long dreadlocks I'm like man that's gotta be like you have to be so strong and resilient in order to run with with long long dreadlocks and then also getting tackled and that people are pulling on your hair see neither one of those legal to do that yeah they can they can pull on each other's hair I was shook when I found out that you can pull out people's dreads during football I just had to ask if you knew that because I felt dumb for not knowing it when other people around me were like yeah of course well, the thing that I always think yeah. about is neither one of those things. I always think about the helmet because, like, you've got to have a bigger helmet to yep. be able to fit your hair underneath it. And that's always what I think about when I see it. I would but want like, an even bigger helmet so I could put my dreadlocks up because I wouldn't want anyone yanking them out during a football oh, I game. I think about that. Yeah. No, I mean, I it, it's kind of crazy to me that we, like, still have to do stuff like this. But, like... The other thing that I think should be highlighted is this law only is in California and like in only a few other states and other other states there. Um, there are still other states where you can discriminate against someone because they have locks or because they have an afro or natural hair. Yeah, and they it's hire mullets crazy. only. That, well, in those states, I'm getting close to the, your mullet time in, in your photos, by the way. We'll, we'll address that. You're, you can tell that you're getting close to I my mullet time. I can see your hair time. getting shorter in some of these photos. Uh, so. All right. Well, you keep looking. We're oh, gonna... you look very lesbian in this photo. <laughs> like this, this. That's like my first ever. That's like. I look super lesbian You're in that picture. You're very cute, but you look like you could have been on the cast of The L Word, for oh, sure. well, I think that's what my photo- the photographer was going for when he took my headshots. It was my first ever headshots. All right, we're going to take a break. When we get back, uh, I experienced a weird thing on my way to San Diego to go see some fireworks. We'll talk about that and how my parents were not proud of me. Uh, that and much more it's is all coming crazy. up. It is, right? Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Drop the Subject on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Drop the subject on the new channel Q with Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill. Is there somebody on the phone, Justin? Yes. Who's on the phone? You think I know? Who is it? Who is it? Hello? Who is this? Allie, I love you, my beautiful love. Creepy creeper, you're not allowed to be on the air anymore. Allie. Nope. Allie, so have you been, my love? Goodbye, creepy creeper. I put him on hold. <laughs> okay, he's gone. <sighs> All right. Jarrett? Yes? I have found a picture of my mullet. I... I have just sent it to you. I'm looking at it, and... And again, I am not admitting to having a mullet. A lot of people said that I had a mullet. 
and I would like to get your professional journalistic opinion because I think what my argument is that this is a short haircut that has been grown out and yes, the bottom looks a little longer than the top, but that's not necessarily, that does not a mullet make. Okay, so I thought you were just trying to protect yourself when you said it wasn't really a mullet and I didn't trust you, Allie. Are you saying that's not a mullet? I'm looking at this haircut now and thinking, this looks like you used to have a mullet. <laughs> so you but think you this were growing is... it out? It's like <laughs> mullet adjacent, but it's not a mullet. Okay, so you think that this it's that mullet-y. I had a mullet before? Well, that's what it, I'm not saying. I think you did, but I'm saying that's what this hairstyle looks like. Uh huh. It looks like oh, she had a mullet and then she she made some different choices in her life <laughs> and then grew it out. Uh huh. This okay. haircut's actually cute. What? I actually kind of like this haircut. Okay, so you th- do you like this haircut? Ba- do you like that? We're gonna tweet this haircut out, by the way. Do mm-hmm. you like this haircut better than my current haircut? No, I like the bob. Okay, I- I'm always good for a side part bob. Um, just ask anyone. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> ask anyone. Jarrett loves a side loves part a side bob. part bob. Um, um, but but I don't. I don't dislike this hair. I mean, it's not like my favorite hair of all the hair because I swipe through all of your Facebook photos trying to find this. Um, but. I'm not mad at this hair. Okay. I'm going to tweet it it's out. It's less lesbian than that other haircut that I showed you. <laughs> what other haircut? The one I said you could have been on the L word for. Oh, you think that one's more lesbian? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That was more like, well, I that that looked like you were on the cast of the I, Okay. I will show you my dykiest and worst haircut at the next commercial break. Okay. Uh, it's red and it's very short because I cut it myself and I kept messing up. Okay. Speaking of messing up, your parents think you messed up. Yes, my parents think I messed up because we, uh, on, uh, let's see, Wednesday evening, we decided, hey, let's drive down to San Diego. A friend of ours was celebrating Fourth of July, but also celebrating her brother's birthday with a big barbecue. We were going to watch fireworks. It was going to be great. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with San Diego. I think we all know that. Driving down... We are on the road no less than 15 minutes, and my right front tire blows out. And I'm in a, all the way in the left lane. Both of us, my wife and I, surprisingly remain very calm. Katie would have normally freaked out in this situation, but I think she was trying very hard to be to keep it together. She was doing like the Lamaze. <sighs> yep. She was just staring straight forward, like very, very stoic and, and stagnant because she was trying to remain calm. We pull over, and... We go, okay, what do we do? And I'm like, I know how to change a tire. And it was it was kind of late. Like, it was probably 9, maybe 10 p.m. And I'm going, I, I know how to change it. I'm going to change it. Yeah. And I, I'm like, at this point, I don't want to wait for AAA. They're going to take forever. And I know how to change a tire, so we're going to do this. Reasonable. So we decided... Wait, were you able to get over to the right shoulder? Or are you yes, still on the left lane? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So then I, I get out the spare. I do the whole thing. And... Uh, I actually put it on Instagram story because mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm making that that pilot, right? Bridge Pal for the Straight Gal. We're going to be teaching straight women how to do some of this stuff. So I said, why not give a little tutorial? I did a tutorial while changing my tire, killed two birds with one stone, got back on the road, drove down to San Diego. So proud of myself. We tell Katie's uh, dad, said, hey, we got a flat tire. We're okay. Allie changed it. Like, haha, isn't this so great? And he said, don't you have AAA? And I was like, yeah. He's like, why, why didn't you just do that? I'm like, because I know how to change a tire. And it would have taken another hour for them to get there. Then I text my mom. I'm like, we had a flat. 
and I, I fixed it. She goes, don't you have AAA? I was like, yes, but that's not the friggin' point. I <laughs> changed it myself. Yeah. And I'm going, why is everybody, like if I had been a guy, would this have been the same th- situation? Would you have been like, why didn't you call AAA? Or would you have been like, that? I got, there you go. There you know how to change a tire. That's right. It felt like it was a little bit of a sexist reaction. Being, even though I changed the tire myself, everyone's wondering why I didn't just give up and call AAA, which I think is BS. Yeah, I, the AAA thing is something I would have never asked. Like I would have never even thought, like, oh, you changed it, great. People were ge- legitimately angry <laughs> that I changed my own stupid tire. I think you're not legitimately angry. I am it's because okay. It's okay. My, the only retribution was that my dad said, "You've always been a doer. Way to go, kid." <laughs> That's great. So I mean, I get a little bit of praise from my dad, but for God's sake, give give a lesbian and a woman some praise for changing her own damn tire, not waiting around for some dude in a tow truck to fix it. Hey, hey, we're all we're all here for you. It's okay. Deep breath. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna shift gears. We're gonna talk about these two crazy rich white guys that are going to court for being pervs. Great. That'll make you feel better, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q with Allie Johnson and Jared Hill. And now, as Jared put it very well, we're going to talk about two white dudes that are in court today for doing bad, bad things. And I don't know if you have that one person, like with the whole Me Too movement and all the people, uh, you know, that a lot of people actually liked are now being outed for things that they did that are not appropriate. And for me, that one person that I was like, oh man, I really liked him was Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Because I really loved him as an actor. I really had a lot of respect for him and his career. And, you know, I just always really admired. I loved all the stuff that he was in. And now I'm like, man, damn it. Like he was the yeah. the guy that I was like, ah, oh, this really sucks now. So I didn't have like a lot of attachments to Kevin Spacey, but I did know him the most, obviously most recently from House of Cards, um, which was interesting because Frank Underwood always was like a little bit weird. Like he was like gay adjacent. I didn't finish the series, but I know he was like had some, some kind of sexually interesting past at the very least. Um, but like the streets have always talked about Kevin Spacey and other people who we don't name, I guess, but like um, about like having like really precarious relationships with with younger boys and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. because you because you brought up Kevin Spacey first, we'll go with him first. Um, Kevin Spacey was in a pretrial hearing today uh, where he basically had to come face to face with his accuser. He, you might remember, um, I guess it was over a year ago now that Kevin Spacey was accused of like sexually assaulting a guy um, in a club over on the East Coast. Um, this story comes from CNN. It says Kevin Spacey and the man who accused the actor of groping him may come face to face in the Massachusetts courtroom on Monday in a case that has taken several twists and turns before the criminal trial has even begun. At issue in Monday's pretrial hearing is the cell phone on which the accuser texted his girlfriend and sent a video during the alleged assault. Now, if I remember correctly... Wait, can you say that part again? The accuser sent a video to his girlfriend? I didn't hear that part. At issue, right, I hadn't heard about that prior to today. At issue in Monday's pretrial hearing is the cell phone on which the accuser texted his girlfriend and sent a video during the alleged assault. The prosecution says it obtained data from the phone, which it's shared in, with the defense, and the phone was returned to the man's family. Spacey's defense team, though, says they want to examine it, um, the phone itself, claiming... 
that's important evidence and it may have been deleted before it was given to um, police and prosecutors. So uh, Spacey faces criminal charges of indecent assault and battery in connection to the alleged July 2016 um, incident. And, and so like he was accused of um, of like groping a guy in a club or something like that and like it, it kind of getting out of control. I didn't even know this guy had a girlfriend until this. this yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I didn't realize that he had a girlfriend. Yeah. But like as somebody... Who like I don't know how often you go to gay bars, but I mean, does this type of stuff happen where you're just kind of physically coming on to somebody initially? Like, don't don't you feel like a lot of gay men are a little more physical in the way they come on to each other? Absolutely. So and then, like, yeah, I I I actually had a conversation with this about uh, with my therapist because I was I remember when I was like in like really good shape and like you know you know much bigger chest and arms and all that kind of stuff like i remember feeling like the problem that i had was two things one people started treating me like i was cute and not like i was smart and it felt very different hmm. and i never thought about that prior to that but two people feel very comfortable touching you when you're like you know when you're more when fit. you're toned exactly and like i felt uncomfortable with people putting their hand on my back and on my chest and on my lower back and on my arms and you know laughing and they put their hand on your chest and it's like why are you touching me why does being physically fit somehow transfer into being an invitation to touch you that and like i i part i partially feel like part of the reason that i've been so resistant to the gym for a while has been like subconsciously that because I did not like how people treated me so differently like people didn't care what I thought about stuff so much as they just wanted to like talk to me and I was like this hmm. is weird and uncomfortable yeah I mean like I was I was heavier about four or five years ago and uh, and I never really got touched and then I got fit and uh, same <laughs> well, the, but so women are, I, I think women are a lot better about that I believe that women are much better about oh no they're more, much more respectful yeah. of people's face but yeah. gay men are just very aggressive especially in the club like the passing behind you and passing right. in front of you and sticking it out and like all that kind of stuff like I think gay men are much more aggressive with that and so like the idea of Kevin Spacey doing this is not hard to believe not saying that that's you know no no I'm not saying what, what he did is right yeah. or anything yeah. I'm just saying it kind of rides that line yeah. of, of the behavior that is pretty commonplace at gay bars yeah no so. it's, it's definitely something that um is pretty common so um okay when we come back we'll talk about uh who is jeffrey epstein and why is he possibly going to jail for like a lot 45 of 45 years yeah um all that's coming up next don't go anywhere drop the subject we'll be right back drop the subject Drop the subject on the new Channel Q with Allie Johnson and Jared Hill, and we just finished talking about Kevin Spacey. We cannot continue without mentioning Jeffrey Epstein, who is a billionaire who was uh, arrested today or indicted. Well, he was arrested on Saturday. He was indicted today. Okay, he, he got was it. in court today. Okay, um, for running a sex trafficking ring. Well, you know, he's a sweetheart. Um, I <laughs> most people won't know his name, but I think the New York Times does a great job of giving you the the information right up in the front of the sentence. It says. Uh, by the time Jeffrey Epstein, the billionaire financier and felon, was arrested on Saturday and charged <laughs> right. with sex trafficking, he had been repeatedly accused of pedophilia and sexual abuse for more than a decade. So Jeffrey Epstein, um, like I said, most of you won't be too familiar with him, but he is in a heap of trouble. Um, he's facing up to 45 years in prison for a child sex trafficking ring that he was there's reporting that he was paying like dozens and dozens of young girls to like have sex with him um, as young as 14 years old and giving them like cash like 
He's a friend of the of the Republicans and you know the Trump administration. He has uh, homes in New York and in Florida, and like has been running these rings in his home, and it's it's crazy. Well, and he already spent time in jail. For, for something like this. Like, he was already in jail for, what, 13 months because of something similar that happened? Yeah, he's he has, like, a track record of being, like, really gross. And part of what's gross about it is Donald Trump, um, in a New York Magazine interview a number of years ago, was talking about him and said that he basically... I'm like having a hiccup in the middle of a word. Um, it's, I was it's, like, wow, you're getting really upset. I'm really emotional. Okay, um, but like he, uh, Donald Trump said, it's, uh, quote, it's even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do uh, and, and many uh, of them are on the younger side. Which Now I'm getting something in my throat. Yeah, uh, that didn't age well. Um, uh, and so Jeffrey Epstein is in court and will probably be going to jail for a very long time. Well, I know that they went through his house and they were finding all kinds of unsavory images just like they said a trove of all of these incriminating uh, pictures and things like that. I just like the fact that you already went to jail for something like this and then you decide to start running a sex trafficking ring. Yeah. Like, how does that come up? It's like I always think about when someone decides like in a survival situation, hey, why don't we start eating people? Like just something <laughs> completely out of left that, field. That's where, you, that's where, where you're just that... like, how does that reach the group? Yeah. You know, like because it's not like he can run one by himself. Yeah, no. How does he bring this well, up? So He's like, like, hey, by the way, um, could you get me a cup of coffee, return some emails, and then will you start a sex trafficking? Could you find a kid for me to yeah. like? Well, so that's the interesting thing with like the R. Kelly story, the the Harvey Weinstein story, like so many of these stories with like big name people that have like really big operations around them, like. It's not like, like, I remember one of the R. Kelly stories was like one of the girls ran away from the house and like they found her and brought her back to the house. It's like R. Kelly wasn't the one driving around looking for her and right. they found her and threw her in a car. No, and he her had people. There's support, right? So with when it comes to, to um, R. Kelly and Harvey Weinstein and the, the Epsteins and like all of these different kinds of guys who are rich and powerful and have a bunch of people around them, it's, it's really gross to see the ways that they are able to, to really get people to do whatever they want them to do, which I mean... On some level, it's like, how could you do that? And then on some level, I, I wonder how much of it is like about that proximity to that much power and like feeling like you have to do this to keep your job or provide for your family. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know where, how I feel. About I know that. it must be a really tough position to be put in because yeah. I mean it's not fair to the, that person, but also like they've worked their sometimes their whole lives to get to the position they're at. So then it's like you know the price of turning your head your head yeah. the other way yeah. or whatever i mean i can't imagine what that's like yeah that's that's crazy so that's what's happening with Jeffrey Epstein. The other story that's interesting today that's a, that's quite unrelated, even though it's a, another billionaire person, um, Tom Steyer. You might, if you you probably don't know Tom Steyer's name either, right? Tom Steyer is in all these commercials. If you watch um, cable news at all, like you'll see these commercials, and he runs them on other channels for NeedToImpeach.com, and he's talking to, directly to the camera. He's the one who spent a bunch of money to Tons try and get money. him impeached. Yes. He's just like one random rich guy who's like, yeah. I want to get this guy impeached, and I'll spare no expense. Well, and he's been running ads. I I think almost the complete duration of the uh, Trump presidency um, talking about, you know, Donald Trump is a problem. And and there's always been like some kind of chat within political circles that he was doing all this to run for president or to run for governor. Um, and now there is reporting that says Tom Steyer might become the 278th person jumping into the Democratic <laughs> presidential uh, primary yeah. and that it could happen as soon as tomorrow, um, which is going to make things more interesting because we have another debate that comes up at the end of the month that'll happen in Detroit over the course of two nights but also like 
the question becomes like, will he meet the threshold? Like he's going to have to have a ton of donors, you know, and a ton of states very quickly to be able to get on the debate stage. If you can't get on that debate stage, you're really shooting yourself in the foot. We have five more debates before the end of the year. This oh, year. my Lord. If, and you can just jump in whenever you want. You can jump in. Uh, there is a cutoff point. I'm not exactly sure. What There's the got to be. But well, because you have to be able to get on the ballots in these states. Right. <laughs> so and the ballots have to be printed and all that kind of stuff. I so mean, there is a deadline. If you suck at debates, I guess just jump in right before the last one. Well, my thought process is if you jump in late, you actually have an advantage if you're a, a big name person. Like if Oprah were to jump in in November, I think she could right. make some waves, you know. But if you're a name that people don't know, you're in a little bit more of a If you're Marianne position. Williamson, you got to get in early to impress people. <laughs> That's what she did. You just love Marianne Williamson. <laughs> I mean... Um, we're going <laughs> to... You and Marion Williamson, I just love it. Um, Okay, coming up next, News It or Lose It, I get the vote. I get the headlines. Allie gets the votes and you get the news. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Okay, drop the subject on the new Channel Q with Allie Johnson, Jarrett Hill, Ginger Justin pushing buttons, Emmy now out of the building. She's only here half the time, so we get to hear her lovely voice on the air every once in a while. Manicure right now as we speak. As we speak, she's getting a new manicure for a wedding later on this week. Oh, how nice. As she told us when she was leaving. Hey. You know, uh, more power to her. I never got manicures before the weddings that I attended. It was, I was probably say, not a great decision. Did you get your nails done before your wedding? Oh, before my wedding, okay. yes. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not a nail polish lady. Only at Channel Q would that be an emergency, because she texted me saying, I really need to go. I need to leave right <laughs> at noon. She has an appointment, you know? Yeah. Okay, so what were people asking you at barbecue? Okay, so I was at, yes, I was at a barbecue, 4th of July barbecue. We had a bunch of Chicago-style stuff. We had Chicago-style hot dogs. Mm. I made my, my famous wings. They were a hit. They were gone instantly. And then I had a chocolate bar. So I pulled it out and I was like, hey, does anybody want some chocolate? And everyone that I... Wait, go ahead. Go ahead. Everybody that I asked and offered chocolate to asked me the same question. Was it something related to weed? Yeah. Does it have weed in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, no. And then they still didn't take it. And I was like, I think that they think I'm lying. And then I, I like I'd walk over to another person and be like, hey, do you want some chocolate? Is it is it regular chocolate or is it weed chocolate? It's regular chocolate. Oh, um, no, no, I'm good. And I'm and I'm thinking to myself, can anybody offer anybody any chocolate anymore or any kind of like a or a, a, a gummy or a, a lifesaver type thing or anything without asking now first? I feel like now everybody will ask yeah. on any kind of snack, sweet or sour, any kind of dessertish little thing. Now I, you ask. So for me nowadays, I like like I'm not a one cookie kind of guy. Like if I go to a party and there's like a good cookie, I'm going to have like three of them. Uh-huh. But like. You got to ask the question first because you'll be on your ass. Like you'll you'll be like, "Whoa, what?" Yeah. Because it wasn't labeled, and especially if it's something that's like being passed around as opposed to like something that's like Displayed. out on a platter, exactly. Right. Then it's like, "Wait, what is this?" I totally would be like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just wonder if that happens only in California or if it ha- like if it only happens in Colorado, states where weed yeah. is legal, you know what I mean? I just feel like I would I mean on the flip side, I would probably ask if somebody offered me some chocolate. Yeah. I'd be like, yes, uh, is that, is that but weed? But then would then you then be yes, skeptical if they said no? A little bit. A little bit, right? Yeah, I would be too. Because yeah. there are those people who are just like, I'm going to switch this party up. I'm yeah. going to make it like this. You know what I mean? Well, speaking of switching it up, I think we got to switch it up and uh, get into uh, our signature segment. It's called News It or Lose It. 
Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Okay, so News It or Lose It, I've got some headlines. I think I know how many of these headlines you're going to take. I I think I know. I just sent it to Justin. Um, I think I've been doing pretty good on this, if I remember correctly. But here we go. First one. You're not imagining it. Meat sweats are real. Oh, yeah, they are. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to news that. Okay. Um, Next one. Did you watch 10 Things I Hate About You? Yes. Okay. Julia Stiles says she has like <laughs> Julia Stiles says she has a hard time watching Ten Things I Hate About You now. Oh, because of Heath Ledger. Oh, I don't know what it is. It might it's be that. It might be something he's else. Dead. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to know? Uh, sure. We'll okay. It. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow roasted over after she doesn't recognize coworker for the third time. <laughs> I lose it. I love that. Um, Okay. Marvel's first openly trans actor wants to see more of his own experience on screen. Uh, Sure. Okay. And then you either get dictionary.com word of the day or something relating to baby names. Baby names. There you go. 44 baby girl names inspired by modern modern literacy. Excuse me. 44 baby girl (laughs) names. Wait, now I'm even more messed up. Okay. 44 baby girl names inspired by modern literary characters. Literary characters. Does anyone read books anymore? I I had no clue. It's an interesting twist on the baby name story. It's Amelia Bedelia, isn't it? (laughs) Oh my God. Can you imagine? That'd be great. If your middle name is Bedelia? (laughs) I mean, you'd have a great life. Okay, so news or crimes. Uh, I'm going to news it. Okay, boom. So we've got four stories. You're not imagining it. Meat sweats are real. Julia Stiles says she has a hard time watching 10 Things I Hate About You. Marvel's first openly trans actor wants to see more of his own experience on screen. 44 baby girl names inspired by modern literary characters. Justin, how many did I say Allie would do? Four. Boom. Wow, you're getting good at this. I Well, I think I am. I don't know if that's true. We'll be I may right switch b- it up on you. Just I know. Unpredictable. There we go. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Okay, drop the subject on the new Channel Q. I was just going over some Amelia Bedelia books. I knew you were going to say Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> well, I've also been keeping tabs on the tweet that we put out of my quote-unquote mullet. And the consensus so far is that no, it is not a mullet. Yeah, I, it, it's 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 got like... It's kind of like uh, when they do like a new version of Coke or something. It's like all the great taste, but a brand new graphic or something like yeah. that. It's like it's similar, mm-hmm. but it's it's not exactly the like same. you said. It is mullet adjacent. It's mullety. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into news it or lose it. Let's do it, Justin. Right. Let's get into news it or lose it. Mm-hmm. News it or lose it. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. I think we did it better. <laughs> I felt like we were like flying on one of those like rides at like Universal Studios or During something where the background is moving, but we're not <laughs> yeah. actually moving. Um, okay, so this first story. I'll have to be honest with you. I didn't know that meat sweats were even a thing until there was a commercial where the lady was like, "Oh, it gives me the meat sweats," and I just thought that was like. A joke. I didn't know that was like a real thing. Um, and then 
Oh, like yeah. I've heard people talk about it more and more. And this the story comes from Huffington Post and it says, are meat sweats real and can you make them stop? And I was like, oh, this is an actual thing. Wait, can you make them stop? Yeah. I'd like to know that because I don't really eat a lot of red meat anymore. I've been trying to be a little more conscious of the red meat that I eat. Yeah. So as a result, when I do go to a restaurant and have a steak or something, I get very, I definitely get the meat sweats. Really? I get all clammy. Like I your get whole body? super bloatedy. Yeah. But- I'm sorry. You get what? I get bloatedy. Okay. Where my I can like I I can always I always use, like to use my ring as an indicator. So if I can't even move my ring, oh, like it bloats you out. Okay. Yeah, my wedding ring. Then I'm obviously bloated. Okay. Happened all weekend long. Well, it says uh, Dr. Brunil De Nazario um, spoke to HuffPost, and she says it's a physical reaction that happens when you eat large amounts of protein. Um, she said, talk to anyone who's had them, and they'll say, hell yeah, they're real. So I'm like, I again did not know this was a thing, um, and I I I feel like am I missing out on the meat sweats because like I'm not going hard enough or something? Like I I think that you would have gotten them by now. Like well, yeah. I, I think that you it's, it must, must be like specific. Certain people get it and certain people don't. Yeah, maybe it's uh, one of the things that they can tell you on ancestry. Yeah, like I you know, know like you're more likely to get the meat sweats and have is, a cleft palate. I know like Asian friends have said like they get flush after like sex or eating certain things or something like that. Like I know there's like genetic ethnic breakdowns of things like, like that happen. So it says preventing the meat sweats is as simple as consuming less protein. <laughs> There you go. Um, but since oh, that's, come on. I know, right? That's but since BS, that, it says, But HuffPo. since that's no fun, Nazario said, spacing out your meat consumption over the course of a couple of hours may help reduce the risk. If meat sweats are a regular occurrence, our medical expert says it may be a wake-up call. Um, quote, if it happens to you, you might want to participate in a little more exercise and boost your cardiovascular fitness. I wonder if there's meat sweats for not like the faux, faux meat. Oh, I would definitely, you know, well, like tofurkey sweats. Well, since it's about protein, I would guess not. Because like right. most of yeah, those things I are mean, like veggie based. They have protein alternatives, you yeah, know, like if true. you have a bunch of soy or a bunch of beans or something, I would imagine. I wonder if it's the same for that. Okay, so we've got Dr. Jen coming in in the next segment. So I'm going to like rush through these really quickly because Justin's already given us the two minute cue. You were guessing that Julia Stiles said that she couldn't watch um, 10 Things I Hate About You anymore because of Heath Ledger. You're right. I'm correct. Yes, you're correct. Ding, 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 ding. She said that it's basically really difficult. It's kind of like watching. Are you going to hit the button, Justin? I see yeah, you reaching for it. It's over. Um, and so she said it's kind of like watching high school movies or something. And like whenever it comes on, she's like, I am really grateful that people love it so much and that people have such an attachment. But like, I have to look away because it hurts. I mean, I also look at that movie and I miss her, though, too. Yeah. Because I'm like, where the hell did she go? I know. Right. Um, that was a, that was a really <laughs> like, I know he's movie. dead, but she's like, like, where the hell has she been? You also kind of like her, don't you? Julia Stiles? Yeah. Yeah, I liked her in the, la- what was that, Last Dance? She seems right up your alley. Where she's like doing hip-hop Save dancing? Save the Last Dance. Save the yeah. Last Dance. Save the Last Dance. Yeah. Good times. Um, uh, okay, so the first and only transgender actor in the Marvel Universe says there needs to be more representation of his experience. Zach Barack plays, his last name is Barack, which is awesome, um, plays a classmate of Peter Parker's in Spider-Man Far From Home, which is the new Spider-Man that's out. His identity is not addressed in the role, but he says um, he's always, he had an interesting thing in here where he said, he has always um, thought that superhero movies always felt like trans stories because they're about identity and like having two different identities. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and I read this article and I thought, like, is this the first transgender actor in a Marvel show? Because Jessica Jones has a niche 
uh, I don't want to mess up her name, but I believe it's Anish Chef. Uh-huh. Um, and she plays Jessica Jones's assistant. And she's a trans woman. Oh, I and think I like have seen hilarious. that. Yeah, yeah. So Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that there should be a lot more sexual fluidity and gender fluidity in Marvel and comic book stories. Because you're right, it is a lot about identity and hidden identities and revealing identities yeah. and like, you know, being yourself. Being in the closet and, about who you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so this list of the 44 um, baby girl names inspired by modern literary work is interesting. Um, Amelia Bedelia, neither one of those made it onto the Damn list. Um, some of the uh. <laughs> some of the interesting ones um, are, the first one is Alba, which we know is Jessica Alba's last name, comes from the book The Time Traveler's Wife, um, <laughs> which is interesting. Alba? Alba is a first name. Um, and Aria, this is a girl name? Yeah. Okay. Aria, A-R-I-A, comes from Pretty Little Liars, which is interesting. I like that show. Well, it's also Game of Thrones, I mean. Well, I this is A-R-I-A. I think Arya Stark is A-R-Y-A, right? Oh, I see. Okay. It's a spell um, uh, Fania, F-A-U-N-I-A, comes from The Human Stain by David Philip Roth. By Philip Roth, excuse me. <laughs> I want to tell someone that my... <laughs> I know, right? Name comes after a book called The Human Stain. Yeah. Last one is Irie Ambrosia comes from a book called White Teeth by Zadie Smith. There's, oh, I've heard of that there's movie. There's a whole list of that book. 44 of them um, on Huffington Post right now. So, interesting. Wow. Way to make your kid, way to sound super smart, okay? You know yeah. how to read books and uh, then name your kid after them. Interesting wow, enough, I don't think any of these names were in our baby name draft. So nope, definitely not. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Dr. Jen Mann is here. She is from VH1's Couple Therapy, and we are probably just going to want to hang out with her for the rest of the hour. Um, we're going to talk to her about a lot of interesting things happening in relationships. That's going to be next on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Okay, drop the subject on the new channel Q with Ali Johnson, Jared Hill, and we are joined in studio by Dr. Jen Mann, one of the most well-known psychotherapists in the country. Thank you, Dr. Jen, for being here. My pleasure. And I, I, I hate to veer over to the phone line so quickly, but we have somebody who has a bone to pick with us. So if you don't mind, we're just going to take this really quickly. Uh, this is Brad. Hello? Hey, Brad. Yeah, I got hung up on. Sorry. No, it's a, I think we're having a technical issue. What's going on? Uh, I just uh, wanted to talk about something that I heard this morning on the program. Tell us what it is. Uh, basically, they alluded to the fact that uh, the billionaire who's who's in trouble right now, the, the Trump associate with uh, the child pornography. Jeff, um, Epstein. Epstein. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, the deal is, is, is they alluded to the fact that they felt sorry for the minions that okay. they, so, uh, Brad, you're talking about us, some we, sort of a- a- empathy for those who are, are protecting their job and are sent out to do these uh, jobs to retrieve these people. So, Je- Brad, you're talking about us, um, Jared and Allie. We were talking about that. We weren't oh, saying okay. that. We weren't saying Excellent. that. We weren't saying like we feel bad for them so much as I'm, I'm curious what it's like to be in that position. Well, I tell you how it is to be in that position is you scream. Well, I think uh, that's that how it is to be in that position. I think that it, it uh, has nothing to do with money or monetary gain. That is the whole issue here. My God, how can you be more wrong if you can't stand up for that? Brad, I, I, th- uh, I think that we understand your position on this. I think we were just trying to present, like, 
you know, it's our job to also talk about this stuff and and try and look oh, at sure. both sides of the coin here. I don't think that we're excusing anybody who has made the decision to go with this, especially with what Jeffrey Epstein did is horrifying. And the people who allowed that to happen, obviously, that's that's on their conscience. That's not something that's 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 morally acceptable on not any. On uh, that, that's not it what should be on their record. I'm just we were pointing out that a lot of these people, some of them have have, you know, spent a long time building up to a certain job or a certain salary. And it, we were just saying it must be in a, in a very tough position to be put in to then have a billionaire who who has given you this dream job to, to ask you to do something horrible like that and ask you to look the other way. We were just saying that that's a tough question for a tough position for There's anybody no to be put question. in. That's that's the whole point. Well, Brad, Brad, Th- there you. should be no tough question. Well, Brad, thank you so uh, much. That's for calling. just beyond the the realm of I, tough questions. We hear you. A tough thank question you. is: Do you cheat on your taxes? I mean, come on. We're no, I think that's an easy question. <laughs> Brad, thank you so much for calling. Um, it's an interesting thing because we, we've, uh, we, you have to ask the question of like, and, and I actually pose this question to you as a therapist, like, it must be a difficult situation to work with a billionaire, to work, to be in like a high level position like that, and to then get pulled into things that you know are un- less than savory at the very beginning, mm-hmm. right? Like, weird things happening with money and like that kind of, I feel like you probably get groomed. That doesn't happen on day one, like, go oh, find a really me a 14 year old. The grooming process and and also you know i originally started out my career working with the los angeles commission commission on assaults against women as a rape and domestic violence counselor okay and when i was working there you know there were a lot of people who i spoke with who had been sexually assaulted and in terrible situations and one of the things that that happens in a situation like this with someone as powerful as epstein Mm -hmm. is that they don't just say, hey, go get me a 14-year-old to rape. Right. Exactly. It's finessed very differently. And not to mention, oftentimes with someone like that, there's a threat. If you tell someone, if you don't do this, I'm going to hurt your family. I'm going to make sure you never work in this town again. I'm going to come after your child. I know what school your child works at or goes to school yeah. at. So it, it isn't, of course, there is no crime more heinous than a crime against a child, sexual assault against a child. There's, there's just nothing more heinous. But... I get what you guys are saying. The point that both of you brought up is that to be in that position where you work for decades to work your way up in a company and then you're asked to do something this horrible that you know is wrong, but there may be a threat against your family or your life or your future or your ability to earn income. It's a tough position right. to be in. In Absolutely. some ways, that makes you a victim of so, if somebody else, you know, I mean, you're yeah. you're being manipulated also, not to say yeah. that you're, you know, you're endorsing that behavior. It's just very more right. more complicated. And of course, Brad is right. The answer needs to be no, no absolutely right. not. And you run out screaming and you report it. But sometimes people are so threatened and so scared that they don't. Right. OK, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Dr. Jen about love, sex and relationships and even about children. All that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. the subject drop the subject on the new channel Q with Allie Johnson Jared Hill and joined by Dr. Jen Mann a very well-known psychotherapist very well-known for uh, hosting couples therapy with Dr. Jen on VH1 but you've also written several books you're also a practice currently still practicing in Beverly Hills area and we have many, many questions to get to. Uh, Wait, how much time you got? I know, right? <laughs> well, I first wanted to get into 
the, how uh, marriage has has been changing over the past few years. Because I just got married last year. I did a well, I guess what you would consider a traditional wedding. Uh, we had a friend officiate. We we're just talking off the air about how fun it is to officiate a friend's wedding. Was it a friend's wedding or it was actually a, cl- a client's wedding? And the only reason why I can say that is because they gave me permission to. Oh, okay. I take okay. confidentiality very seriously, but it was actually two clients who uh, who I got to marry. Yeah, isn't that Which the bit? Is I feel like I have to, so much power. Yeah, like, but also, ha! But also, uh, to me, the power and the amazing thing was to be there from the be- almost the beginning of the relationship and watch the relationship progress in therapy and see them build the skills to have a healthy marriage and get to stand there and marry them. I mean, I, it was hard not to cry because it was wow. just so moving and amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. But, I mean, I've, I keep reading these articles about how people are getting married less and less. Yep. And do you, as you know, as an expert, do you think that this is something that's a good thing? I mean, are we now treading a little more lightly now that the divorce rate is so high? People are at younger ages are like, like, mm, why rush into marriage, you know? You ask a very complex question. Well, I want a one-word answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. That's really three words, but... Um, <laughs> Millennials are getting married less and less, and when they do, they're getting married when they're much older. I think that the idea of getting married when you're older is great, because I think when we have the time to develop ourselves, work on ourselves, have multiple relationships where... We get to see what we need in a relationship, what our strengths and our weaknesses are as a partner in a relationship, what we need from our partner. I think that that's a really positive thing. Does, isn't there also like data that says that, I, well, we know that there's data that says millennials are having less sex as well yep. and in turn having less children. So like we're getting married. And having it later when they are yeah, having it. Yeah, we're getting married later, but, but staying married longer, having less sex and having less yeah. children. And so like... W- I always feel like those indicating factors come from like the financial downturn when millennials were coming out of college and like not being able to find jobs and moving home. And like, how, what does that mean about like the ways that our relationships will look differently long term? Well, I agree that there's a financial issue that a lot of millennials feel like they get out of school, they're not guaranteed a job, mm-hmm. they're, they're staying at home with their parents longer. A lot of parents are enabling kids, keeping them home longer. That's a, a, an unhealthy thing. But I also think that there's an intimacy factor. And that speaks to also what you were asking, Allie, and that millennials are having a much more difficult time connecting emotionally than mm. previous generations. They're used to having their face to the screen. They talk about catching feelings. Mm-hmm. Like that's a very millennial phrase because it's viewed as a negative to catch feelings. And I and when you look at the statistics, and I, I wrote a column for my InStyle magazine, uh, Sex and Relationship column that comes out every week called Hump Day on Wednesday. And I wrote, I got a question from a a person who wrote me saying that um, his fiance wanted a prenup and they were millennials. And when I did the research, I found that millennial women in particular more and more asking for prenups and not even necessarily wealthy millennials. Mm -hmm. And what all the research pointed to was that millennials are oftentimes children of divorce. Mm -hmm. So they are a little more spooked about marriage. They've seen not just the difficulties of divorce, but the pain. Right, they're getting bad examples. Yeah, and the financial destruction of a divorce. Well, I always say, like, I want to get married for all the reasons I don't want to get married. So, like, my parents divorced, my godparents divorced, my grandmother left my grandfather after 36 years, my other grandparents were a second marriage. Like, I've seen divorce everywhere in my life. And, like, the idea of marriage is great for the idea of security and, you know, living with someone together and, like, building a life with them. But, like, 
the reason I don't want to get married is because like all that takes is someone changing their mind, right? And that all that falls apart. And so it's scary to me the idea sure. of it as much as it is appealing. But if you pick the right person, it's not as simple as them changing their mind. Mm. Because you pick someone who you know is not an impulsive person. You pick someone who's willing to do the work. And, and I do think that one of the reasons why we see more divorces is that most people don't realize it takes enormous work to have a healthy relationship over the decades. Mm-hmm. That that we are in such a swipe right, swipe left kind of mentality in our lives and with our relationships that we think we can kind of do that with a marriage. But there is no one who I know who's had a marriage who's lasted decades and decades. It didn't go through a difficult period of time, usually more than one, where they wanted to leave their partner, where they thought that things wouldn't work. But the people who succeed are those that do the work. They get themselves into couples therapy. They do the work on themselves. They you do whatever it is that they need to do to create a healthier environment and a healthy relationship. Something you touched on that I, I really want to get a little bit more into is emotionally emotional connection. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I've, I've said this to my therapist. Like, I feel like I have dated multiple emotionally unavailable guys Mm -hmm. who like, like me, want to be together and like do this whole thing, but then like are like scared and like are are not emotionally available. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, I'm like, that has something to do with my relationship with my dad or whatever. But like, just gonna ask. Yeah. 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 And so who who, who of your parents might have been emotionally unavailable? That was my dad as a kid. And so I'm like, I recognize that now. And I'm like, is that? How much of that is like childhood and how much of, the, of that is about being a millennial? And Well, I, I think that a lot of it is about childhood. And, and in my book, The Relationship Fix, there, there, are four chap- there, there are six chapters, but the fourth chapter is all about childhood trauma. Mm. And a lot of the time people think, oh, if I wasn't beaten, if I wasn't molested, if I didn't have some violence against me, I didn't experience trauma. But yeah. most of us experience some level of trauma, whether it is a parent who's divorced, a, a parent who is depressed, a, a parent who is a emotionally unavailable, there's all kinds of different ways we experience trauma. And what happens is our unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between past, present, and future. Mm. Our unconscious mind seeks to heal the past. When you're a child, you're egocentric, which means that you look at dad not being available and all children go, wow, there must be something wrong with me. I must not be lovable. I must not be fill in the blank enough, smart enough, fun enough, cute enough, whatever it is. Otherwise, dad would be available to me. And then what happens is that gets in in our psyche. Mm-hmm. We go out into the dating world and the unavailable person feels familiar and our unconscious mind goes, oh, there's one. Ding, ding, ding. If you yeah. can get him to love you, it will mean dad was wrong. Mm-hmm. Just get him to love you. Mm-hmm. So you f- seek out an unavailable person, try to make him love you, and inevitably it fails. So then how do you fix that? What you do is you work on in therapy that original wound. You talk through the original wound of your father abandoning you and what it felt like to you, what it meant to you, how that shaped the way you see yourself. And a lot of the time, people aren't totally aware of it. Mm. So it takes some deep work with the therapist to get to that stuff. Right. And you have to spend a lot of time undoing the things that your subconscious has learned. Exactly. Interesting. Well, we have a lot more to discuss. Uh, My wife and I have been talking about having a kid. So I just want to ask you flat out how I don't F that up. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about what a lot of doing other, now. Yes, which I want to talk about this stuff now. Okay, well before it's too late, uh, so we'll talk about that and much more. Stick around. You're listening to Drop the Subject on your radio on radio.com. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Okay, drop the subject on the new channel. Q, Ali Johnson, Jared Hill, and we're do- joined by Dr. Jen Mann. And Dr. Jen, uh, my wife and I 
like like I said, got married last year in September. We've we got pressure immediately from my parents on when we were going to have children, and we've been talking about it possibly next year. And how do I not screw it up? Like, but like my, I'm also have the benefit to be married to a therapist. So we are, have, are very good at communicating and I think that we're on the same page, but is that kind of where we need to start is the two of us kind of figuring out like, all right, how are we going to raise this thing? Yeah. What are we going to do? How are we going to raise, raise this, this thing? thing? <laughs> with like, you know, yeah. censorship and religion and all that stuff. A- absolutely. And, and, and I always talk to parents about starting to discuss a parenting philosophy long before your child comes along and that sometimes the two of you will be on different pages start reading parenting books uh, start looking at articles about parenting start asking each other questions about, like you know what do you think about having a baby in your bed this co-sleeping thing like what do you think about that and, right. and, and so even start to do some research about it and get yourselves on the same page come up with a parenting philosophy like a mantra together that will be your your backup because a lot of the time what happens is once a child comes along, marriage dissatisfaction tends to go up quite a bit. And parents tend to fight with each other. No matter how on the same page we think we are, a lot of the time you're like, wait a minute, we're same, we're both the same religion. We both did X, Y, and Z. I can't believe your family didn't do X, Y, and Z. I assume that right, you Right, it comes up later. Do, yeah, that there are traditions that you want to pass down that you never even discuss that might offend the other person or they might not like or whatever it is. But come up with a mantra that's kind of your, your fail-safe. Okay, we both disagree on this thing, but okay, our mantra is... Boarding school. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, yeah, because our thing is that the thing that the thing that we're the most afraid of, and I mean, I'm I'm more likely to have twins because of my age and because of my family history and things like that. So we're probably going to re- be pretty busy when we actually do have kids. But our biggest fear is that we are going to lose the us time or the me time, and you know, getting th- like not being able to you know go on a summer vacation and actually relax because you're going to be also you bringing your kids. <laughs> right. You won't. You're, so you, you're all right. absolutely right. So I, I cannot lie to you and pretend like the first year of parenthood you will relax at any point whatsoever. It's like being a a fireman you're like always on call even when you're sleeping there's a heightened response and and like i mentioned you off the air i have twins uh-huh. and twins is kind of it's it's parenting on steroids <sighs> that said there's a lot of wonderful things about it that are hard to even comprehend there's also a vulnerability that comes into your life by being a parent it's it, someone once said something about once you have a child it's like wearing your heart on the outside of mm. your body and it's incredible that's scary. It's, it's very scary. But when you're in it together and you guys do have that parenting philosophy together, and I, I say start reading some books together now. Start discussing these things. Start asking each other questions. Start talking about your childhood and her childhood. What was important? What was good? What was bad? What you want to make sure that you do that your parents did? What she wants to make sure her parents did? And also what you want to make sure you don't do that your parents did? And same thing with her. Right. And then set actual, like, set those things and don't falter away from them. Well, so you, Look, I think that any time, once a child comes into the world, there has to be kind of some flexibility, but that 
you follow kind of, hey, this is what we decide we do, unless the other person has a really good reason. Hey, you know, our child is not the kind of kid who will respond well to this. Let's sit down together as a couple. Let's talk about what might work better with him or her. I feel like I read a quote online from a different therapist talking about parenting that said something to the effect of like, parents' job is not to make sure that their children feel no pain. It's that they like help them figure out how to deal with issues or something like that. A hundred percent. And I'm a big believer in that. And, you know, my daughter forgot her I think it was a book or something a couple of years ago at school and the school called me and they said she forgot her book can you come and bring it I said yeah I can but I'm not going to and they're <laughs> like what they're mm-hmm. like we've never called a parent and this is a private school we've never mm-hmm. called a parent and had them say that so how's my child going to learn to remember her book if I'm rescuing her. She needs to suffer the consequences of not remembering to bring her book. Yes, exactly. And she hasn't forgotten her book since. And I I always think about this with like safety too because, you know, like when I was really, really young, me and my cousin were walking all over the damn place. We were going all these places by ourselves and we had the best time. But then times have changed and a lot of people are afraid to let their kids go out and to play and do that stuff. And so that's one of the biggest question marks I have is like, when I have a kid, am I going to be too afraid to let them go experience life or do I need to just be like you know what (laughs) it's gonna if it you know it is what it is I need to let them live and those are important discussions to have with your wife now because a lot of the time two parents end up there's always someone who's more conservative and someone who's a little more cool about that stuff and relax and finding kind of a happy medium and also even talking now how are we going to handle it when we disagree about these things you know there's kind of also a trend of kind of what they call free range parenting right it's you know oh, let your kid take the subway when he's five years old <laughs> Mm. Not my thing. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you give him some money, he's able to do it. There's, I don't know. Then I don't have to take him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a third parent be the Uber driver. Wait. <laughs> nice. Just um, private chauffeur. Dr. Yeah. Jen, tell us what you're working on right now um, that people can uh, get more of, more, more of this juju from you. Uh, well, uh, you can check out my book, The Relationship Fix, which has all these chapters all about you know childhood, how to fight fairly, how to create connection in your family, how to forgive and to make amends in your relationship, how to reignite a sex life, all that sort of stuff. Also, I have a, a weekly column in InStyle magazine called Hump Day with Dr. Jen, and I was just on uh, Good Morning America, and you can find the video on my uh, on my Insta. And we got to get you a little bit more busy. Just yeah. find you something <laughs> oh, to wow. do. Just find you. How do you something. create the balance yeah, of doing all that stuff? Um, and tell people where they can find you on the social media. At Dr. Jen Man, two ends on Jen, two ends on Man, and it's D R D R J E N N M A N N. Dr. Jen Man, you've been fantastic. Such a wealth of knowledge. We definitely want to have you. you back again. Would love to. Would love to have you back. Um, that's a show. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back tomorrow for another live show and and if you missed anything you can always catch up on the podcast we are at drop the subject wherever you find your podcast so listen there catch up on everything you missed we will see you tomorrow bye bye drop the subject coming up next time what do you do when your parents don't like your significant other and why are we doing this is it because my parents hate my wife Ooh, should you tell her if they don't like her they love you honey so do i and what makes a celebrity stylist a celebrity stylist? Or a celebrity photographer a celebrity photographer? Or a celebrity dog walker a celebrity dog walker? Allie, that's not a thing. Drop the subject. Weekdays, 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern. On the new Channel Q.